Welcome back, everyone, for episode 55 of the Enneagram Journey podcast with Suzanne Stabile. Today's guests are Jeremy and Audrey Roloff, an Enneagram 9 and 8, respectively. They're co-founders of Beating 50%. You might recognize their names from Little People, Big World on the telly and authors of the new book, A Love Letter Life. In this episode, we discuss when does intensity equal intimacy, find out what blinking forgiveness means, if it's a real thing, and learn all about 21 Squares and the Marriage Journal, and why I will be asking Whitney once a week, what brought you joy? Plug for this week's episode is that Suzanne and Joe are coming back to Los Angeles in September. The Reverend will be teaching on Centering Prayer on Friday, September 6th, and Suzanne will be teaching Enneagram Stances on the 7th and 8th. You can find registration and information at lifeinthetrinityministry.com. Enjoy the show, and be sure to go out and get your copy of A Love Letter Life, or a new favorite of mine, The Marriage Journal. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. Yeah, That's it's different good. when you're when you're in love with a priest. And I don't normally ever cry. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's beautiful. I, I woke up last night during the night. It happens to me all the time. And I looked at him and I thought, good grief, I, I love you so much. I can't believe that I get to mm. live with you. And then this morning we had a fight over the air conditioner. So you yeah. know, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. That's, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's special. I mean, just last yeah. night, Audrey said that to me. Just on this tour, like, wow, we get to, yeah. like, look where our journey's taken us. Yeah. Yeah. Look what we get to do together. Yeah. And yeah. it's so special to be yeah. wrapped up in a purpose outside of our purpose, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Really, to be part of a bigger conversation. Yeah. It's been yeah. really special. I, I think so, too. You want something to compare that against? We ended our night. I'm binging, binging Game of Thrones right now. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Catch up. <laughs> and, uh, catch up. And I, as a seven really wanted to watch another episode and when he's like no turn off the tv yeah yeah his wife's a one yeah yeah, oh, oh, yeah. If it and they have four to- children and a little bitty so mm-hmm. they have an eight month old who this weekend while we were gone uh pushed a chair into the window and broke out the window, the outside window. she's yeah. really something she's the youngest of eight nine grandchildren eight, eight months. months oh wow oh my gosh yeah yeah <laughs> Here's what I know. Shattered an outside uh, it window. Sounds, yeah. sounds like I gotta look into this. Maybe when you put it in camera, she could be a scapegoat. <laughs> yeah, oh who knows what's going on there? The, the eight-month-old shattered the window. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. I don't know though. She's. I, all of our children. We have four children. They all live here, and we have nine grandchildren. So they're all here. Oh wow! Oh, cool. And she's probably the last of the nine. And I think she intuitively knows she's got to yeah. buff up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's funny that you. Uh, you were talking about how much they love your yeah, yeah, yeah. house and that stuff, but then you woke up and y'all are fighting over the air conditioner. Yeah. And one of the things I I read that I definitely wanted to hear all of y'all talk about, uh, I read from the Beating 50% website, yeah. uh, blog, and I think this one's from a couple of years ago, from 2017. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Man, well, I thought it was great because, uh, what was the title of it? It's not a matter of if you have conflict, but how you handle it. Mm-hmm. And then it was a guest person, I think, that. that oh, yeah, did. cool. And uh, But they were fighting over purchasing a mattress. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Jameson's. Jameson's, yeah. yeah. And how that just blew up from. Yeah, it turned into the thing that wasn't the thing. Yeah. As Eggerson Emmer. What's says, the thing yeah. when the thing isn't the thing? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And boy, I tell you, you really learn that in ministry. Yeah. Because in 
when people are unhappy in the church, it's never about what it's about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Never. And when they leave the church, it's never about what it's about. Right? Yeah. So true. Yeah. Tricky. To that, Joel, I think for us, we quickly realized like, you know, we're never going to get away from conflict mm-hmm. because I'm married to a different Audrey next year. Right. And our circumstances are all going to change and everything's going to change. So if we're trying to design this, this, this success pattern, like the pattern's never going to be the same. The puzzle's different every year. So we're never going to get away from it. If that's the case, how do we handle it? And mm-hmm. we just said, like, there's got to be rules of engagement in which we mm-hmm. do this well so it happens less. Mm-hmm. How do we evolve with this process in a healthy way, achieving this goal while the goal not isn't to eradicate the problem? Yep. The problem's not going away. Right, right. So, yeah, that's, that was a fun article. That's a fun conversation. We've talked mm-hmm. about that a bit. And code of conflict. Everyone it should have. It can be fun. And, it can and be it, fun. It, it, yeah. When you're sitting here, with, when you're sitting here, it's fun talking about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, looking totally. back, looking back, that was fun. Yeah, in in process, it's not fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But. So, um, in when you all are in disagreement, have you as a nine learned to stand your ground with that eightness? Uh, you think so, babe? Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm still very classic passive like i just want to i like to um you know blink forgiveness done you know just blink it's like oh. done yeah. can i have that <laughs> yes man you you're gonna hear that everywhere <laughs> get ready that one's coming okay good, good and and poor joe i'm gonna go home today and he has no idea like he's doing an ash wednesday service and they're working on good friday and Holy Saturday, like they got all the stuff oh going gosh. on. Wow. wow. It's Holy Week. So they got all this going on. Yeah. yeah. And poor baby, he's going to come back to our life. And I'm going to say, you think you can just blink forgiveness? Yeah. You yeah. think we don't have to process this? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's me. New line. Yeah. I'm all about it. Oh, awesome. Okay. Gave Suzanne a line. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. I was going to from the other side of it then. Uh, all right. Let's, I think it's time let's to blink do. forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. I really want to embrace that. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be saying to Whitney, have you ever heard about blinking forgiveness? Yeah, let's just let's just get to it right there. It's a yeah. sequel to a love letter life. Yeah, yeah there right. we go. Oh my goodness. There yeah, we go. You could look at Whitney and just go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny. So yes. I, I, I feel like, you know, and Aj and I, we talk about this a lot, not in the book necessarily, but um, we we've definitely learned to embrace you know, Chris Stewart, as he says, the gift, the, well, he probably isn't the one that said this, but the one that told us embrace the gift the other brings because it's going to be probably the thing that frustrates you the most. Sure. And so I've definitely learned through being married, each other's being married to Audrey, numbers is like a gift how to, to stand my ground yeah. and be a doer and, mm-hmm. and get off. I like to say I'm a professional Sabbather. Like I can Sabbath like nobody else. Can yes, just you can. Re- Sabbather. There's another good line. Yeah. Joe will love that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can do Sabbath really well. Yeah. Right? But, um, and I bring that to Audrey and, and, you know, she gets me off my tush to do mm-hmm. some things. But when it comes to conflict, I'm, I'm still working through that. That's tough. I, cause I just want to blink it away. Blink forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you blink forgiveness, do you blink forgiveness for both of you? I would, you mean for myself? Yeah. Yeah, probably not, no. Yeah, see, part of that whole reality around stances is that the withdrawing stance, which is fours, fives, and nines, orientation of time is the past. But Audrey's orientation of time is the future mm-hmm. because she's in the stance, the aggressive stance with 
threes, and sevens. Yeah. So automatically that's something to work on because you're looking ahead and you're looking back. But what nines have taught me, particularly we have a daughter that's nine, a son-in-law that's a nine, and Joe's a nine. Wow. And what they've taught me is that they forgive you in the moment, but they carry their own regret and carry Mm -hmm. it and carry it and carry it. It's not guilt, Joe says, theologically. It's Mm -hmm. not shame and it's not guilt, it's regret. Yeah. But he doesn't know how to go back and fix it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would resonate. How do they go back and fix it? What would you say to a nine that's... Well, he, Jeremy doesn't have to go back and fix it with you because your orientation of time is the future, so you're already done with it anyway. Yeah. Right? So as an eight, hmm. when you're unhappy or yeah. when you're in a conflict, you, you are angry and then it's over. Yeah. And yeah. when it's over, it's over and you're on to the next thing. Yeah. And you're still thinking about whatever conflict the two of you had. Mm-hmm. But for you, you said what you had to say. Yeah. And you've moved on. And okay. But I process. But right. I don't know how to do. Right. Which is why I'll bring up something two weeks later. All the time. Jeremy brings up conversation. It doesn't have to be conflict. It could be anything. Right. Jeremy just <clears throat> picks up a conversation as if we were just having it. That's right. Because my in the back, in the <laughs> caverns of my soul, I've been processing. <laughs> sure. You know, something um, that's finally making its way to the light. Like that's- we'll be in the car. Something we talked about three days ago. Babe, yeah, you know, so it's like, I think that we should, like, go with that. Right. You know, we talked about it, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> no idea. And I get frustrated that she doesn't know. Like, like, I, I need even, to just go there. Haven't right. you been thinking about <laughs> right. this? Like, yeah. And, and sometimes there's a disconnect because eights problem solve in the future. So she brings something up. Hmm. By the time you get on board with wanting to do it, she's problem solved that it's probably not going to work, and here's why. And then it's yeah. like, well, whoa, yes. whoa, whoa. But you can't make decisions quickly. And yeah. And the reason is because that, this, that hole right there is the epitome don't of Don't bring us. that up, Susan. Don't bring that up. That's us right there in a nutshell. I, I, but but I, make, I make good decisions. I just can't do them quickly. But, yes, yeah. you do. It's true. You do. Nines make very good decisions. And sometimes mm-hmm. they make them in time for the event. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But sometimes by the time you decide, it's past. Yeah, this yeah. is true. And, 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 uh, you let the world, dis- you let circumstances decide it for you. Exactly. We'll, we, yeah. I will tumbleweed our way through some years if we're not careful. Mm-hmm. Do you know why that happens to you? N- no. Because of how you see. So nines don't prioritize well. And it's because they're doing repressed is and that doing why dominant. I was mowing the lawn the oh my day before we were supposed Every to leave. Every time before we leave for a tour <laughs> segment, Jeremy does, starts a project, right. starts a random distraction thing. Right. He has okay. to do it. Like it stresses him out that we have to do something big. So he has to like start something else. That well, he does that's it exactly. For. What he's doing is doing something. Stress management. Even though it's not the thing that needs to be done because yeah. it's something that you can finish. Yeah. And usually it's something that you're doing alone. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yes. <laughs> so, so let's look at That's a, a so little good. bit bigger look at that. Hmm. And so what happens with nines is you um, see, because you're doing dominant and doing repressed, you just see all these things that have to be done. And based on how you see, there's not anything that stands out as I should do that first and then I should do that. Mm-hmm. So let me take a little little side trip and say, 
Audrey, you have more energy than any number on the Enneagram. Yeah. And Jeremy, you have less mm -hmm. than any number on the Enneagram. Yeah. And the reason you have less is because you're boundaried internally and externally. So you're trying to keep in anything that would cause conflict, and you're trying to keep out anything that would steal your peace. Yes. Right? That's exhausting. So let's go back to Joe for a minute, because sometimes it's easier to learn looking at somebody else. Yes. So he's head of congregational care. So he says to Becky, his administrative assistant, I need you to prioritize things for me. Because if, you, if Becky writes down everything Joe has to do on an index card and lays it, so it's Holy Week. He's got yeah, a unending, right? If she wrote everything on, on index cards and laid them all out on a big, long table, and Joe as a nine walks up to the table, nothing looks more important than anything else. Yeah. It just all has to be done. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So there's no prioritizing. Yeah, yeah. So the reality is that even though you're doing repressed, you're always doing something, and sometimes it's what needs to be done. Yeah, that is fascinating. All of what Audrey said about how mm. uh, circumstances make the decision for you. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just wait. Now, until... what about Audrey? What about eights? How are their, how is their... Get off me. Don't talk about me anymore, well, no, right? No, 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 that's good. I, I, I want to make sure we take Let's care of you. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being aware. I want to make sure... <laughs> That's a great question because I think that orientation yeah. to time is like the unspoken. If people, magic. It's magic if, if you people understand it. recognized it, the difference in orientation to time, the conflict that that would solve, the a, a golden key that, that would give, yeah. Oh, that Going is that, a, that is yeah. the golden key. Time. Yeah. It's big. That's big. It's very big because it's a cause for such disconnection. Hmm. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. What, what happens with you is you're not only oriented to the future, but you're there. Mm -hmm. And you've problem-solved things before they happen, mm -hmm. which keeps you further out ahead, in, ahead still. And yeah. so Whoa. neither one of you are actually present yeah. in the present moment. You're ahead and you're catching up. And there's not value in one or the other. So don't feel like catching up is second place. For sure. It's like it's the way you see. So so hmm. together you have to work on tending to what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And it feels to other numbers like people who are oriented to the future are not only not present to them, and, and that's Man. you, who are not only not present to them, but also it feels like being dismissed. It's dismissive yeah, yeah. when you've already thought all this through and so you're on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. good. Yeah, and it's... Um, yeah. My orientation and, of time is the present, but <clears throat> Joel and the young woman who works with me is a three, and they are both oriented to the future. And literally, I can watch them wait for me. But I've taught them yeah. that they think faster than I do. Yeah. And they're ready to do stuff faster than I do. And I thought originally that it might be about age, but it's not. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's about orientation to time. This is fascinating because the dismissive part touches a nerve in, in, um, with respect. And so that has been an interesting uh, dynamic in our relationship mm -hmm. with her dismissivity. Is that a word? Did I make that it one It is up? now. It is now. With her dismissiveness um, and how that, how I interpret that as like, you know, the respect she has for me. Mm -hmm. 
And so when I read the story Mm -hmm. about your life together, it's very, very interesting to me Mm -hmm. that so much thinking went into Mm -hmm. how you two were going to move forward or not, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that so much reflective thinking went into Mm -hmm. the whole question of breaking up or not and you not being well and all the things that went around that. And so I I, I Mm -hmm. think that... It was a um, part of your faith journey yeah. that not all female eights have mm. that's problematic in relationships when it comes to respect for a non-aggressive male. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So what, what, <clears throat> what you all did was plan to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's very unusual for a female eight. Hmm. Really? Uh-huh. Why? Uh, well, a female eight shows up with a plan. Here's the plan. Oh, okay. very interesting. Right? And so, because you started your relationship with all of that, mm. let's think about it and talk about it mm-hmm. when we throw the shoes, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. then what you have to do in that reality is you have to wait mm-hmm. and you got to double step. Yeah. To be ready to meet under the bridge to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, issues. I had to be somewhat initiative. That's right. That's right. Yeah, man, it's kind of cool. You have a blueprint to talk to us about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think um, that's that. Like, that's where the whole like, what kind of story? We both have this like, we love story, and we are Jeremy's question that he asks in the book himself over and over is, "What kind of love story do I want?" And that's what makes him his non-initiatingness become an initiator right. because he's like, "I want this beautiful story that I can then reflect back on in the past." Right. And so he has this like, you know, I want, what kind of love story do I want? What kind of love story do I want? And in the same way, I'm looking forward going, what kind of love story do I want? What kind of story am I writing? You know, we both have that. And I feel like that's how we can kind of meet is like, we both have this just desire to write a love story with our lives that we can look back and reflect on. That's And then at the same time, we're both fighting for (sighs) the present. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like we're both being pulled. In, Instead and, and of just looking to like what story we're going to look back on or what story are we creating, like what story are living right now? Sure. And with Ember <laughs> and any who follow her, mm-hmm. then you're going to be story creating and mm-hmm. crafting mm-hmm. for who we're going to be as a family. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Y- y'all have had quite um, remarkable patience. Not me. <laughs> okay. Well, it you like pretty good. Pretty good talking about like I'm so <clears throat> relational. Mm-hmm. I would have been thinking, I, okay, I want to be with him. I want to be with Joe. So, how do I get the plan moving a little quicker here? Mm. And surely you figured out early on mm-hmm. that when push came to shove, he was going to merge with you. Mm. 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 <laughs> I love that response so much. Let's just play that response over and over and over. Mm. They both did it, but I think it meant two different things. It absolutely yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> I love, love that. That's good. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> the, the uh, setup, intuitively or not, that the two of you put yourselves through mm-hmm. uh, made you wait. And it made you make a decision. Very interesting. Yeah. Which is both what we kind of need to pursue to be more healthy. Going forward. Going yeah. forward. You need to wait and you need to hurry. Yeah. 
not in a disrespectful way. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's like you no, you can't have four days, but you can have two. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And no, you can't have now. You can have a day, <laughs> or you, you know, yeah, yeah. Day. yeah. That's good. That's good. What um, is really hard for you as an eight and a nine? As a couple. I mean, the I would say that's one of the main things. And also just the dynamic of me being the female needing to wait and him being the male needing to hurry, especially in the church, is like a tricky thing yeah. that we're trying to navigate. And I'd say that's the hardest thing for us is like me being, you know, yeah. nothing <clears throat> that like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? I, I don't do. know how to say it well, articulate it well, but... I, we, a few months ago, did this marriage retreat thing with our premarital counselors that married us, that still right. mentor us, and um, spent some time in the Word and just talked about a bunch of different stuff. But one of the things I felt like God really pressed on my heart was to let J- Jeremy be the forerunner yeah. in our relationship. Yep. And like that word forerunner has been so huge for me in the past three months of just going like, I'm so prone to be, to go out ahead, right. to be the forerunner. Right. And... I mean, I've been an athlete my whole life and just the analogy of like a forerunner, you don't compete with forerunners like in a running race right, or a ski right, race. Right. They're paving the way for you. Right. They're they're actually helping you run the race better. You know what I mean? And so like yeah. it doesn't need to be this competing thing or it doesn't need to be this power struggle. Yeah. So that's something that like just in the past few months we're really working through. Working through. But. So it looks like you've done a lot of good work around the language of forerunner. Mm-hmm. Here's what. I decided with my nine. Yeah. We decided 50-50 is not a real thing. Hmm. It, in, re, in a relationship, that's not real. Yeah. It's lovely. It sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't work because it's not a real thing. Yeah. So he has 51%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't use it often because he's a nine. Like, right. I wouldn't give 51% just to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I love that. So yeah, that's good. That's 51% a great way to... Works. And the other thing that works is when Joey and Billy, our oldest daughter and her husband are an eight and a nine. Oh, wow. And they came to us early on and said, and they've known the Enneagram half their lives. They've known it for 20 years. Yeah, wow. And they came to us early in in their marriage and said, okay, uh, like we're going to be in trouble. She said, if I make all the decisions, we're going to be in trouble, aren't Mm -hmm. we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said, "Mm mm-hmm. Yep. And I looked over at Billy and he said, I'm good with that. And I said, yeah, but you won't be. Yeah, you won't yeah. be. You're good with it today, Yeah, but you won't be, and mm-hmm. neither will she. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we encouraged them to do was pick out one really big, important thing, and he's completely in charge of it. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It's his thing. And they chose for him to be in charge of money. Yeah. So that's a big, important thing that re- requires you to trust. Mm. Yeah. Right? That's, good. that's like, a really that's good. A, that's a that's really a good, one. good one. Yeah. 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 That's a fin- fantastic fantastic case study to have and then that brings you to the table with i handle this enormous thing yeah Mm -hmm. and i'm good at it Mm -hmm. and so i'm not i'm I'm happy to help with other stuff or we can do what you think yeah and then you have to ask you know you can't just go out and say all right i think we need a new house Mm-hmm. You got to come through this whole way That's of being in the world. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. probably one of the healthiest ways to really uh, discover the dynamic. I think I've ever heard because you know, and mm-hmm. it needs to be like spoken. 
and like that needs to actually be spoken into initiative i feel because like we don't probably have one of those things i mean you you we would come to you'd come to me for stuff and i even come to you for agreement with stuff but like we haven't actually made initiative on yeah anything specific like that that's interesting to really like name it as the thing because we're so we also you know we work together we work out together. Yeah, we, we do, do a like, lot of things together. We, we parent together, together, live at home together. And we actually love that. For five and it, years. And know, it works so like well. But I think just that, those lifestyle things are, are day to day is so intertwined in that sense that like we just naturally feel 50-50 yep. for everything, well, even though. You've, you've said, you've said like you have, you know, you've told me like you're going to make this decision. On yeah, a lot of things. I will say and you also on decisions, a- not necessarily like handle money, but like yes. I've said to Jeremy yeah. before, leaving the show, huge example, right? But- From the beginning, this is your decision. I never wanted it to be my decision. I, I like that's his life, his thing. Like sure. I knew that if I was well, if that, I that, pushed it yeah, to stop or to continue, one, but- that would have been unhealthy for us forever. Sure. Like the resentment. Smart. And- but you've said, you know, there's... So there's um, things like that. We've said, you know, there might be two judges up here, but one holds the hammer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just think 51% works great yeah, with a good. nine mm-hmm. and an eight like because that. you won't abuse it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. A, a people, people evolve and change. One of the quotes from something I read uh, from y'all's was hmm. a story about, uh, I think it was a professor who was... A 60 year marriage and someone was like how can you you know what's it like being married to the same person for 60 years and he's like this is she's not the same person yeah, totally. yeah. 60 years. new person every year right. yeah and billy said that he's good with it then it's like you might you're not going to be good with right. you're going to change in 20 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. i'm curious i guess i'm saying i'm curious if that's a i'm asking you mm-hmm. for relationship advice right now I'm a yeah. that's a conversation <laughs> that people need to have mm. yeah definitely and it absolutely is and here's why Hmm. Because young, aggressive women in 2017, 18, 19, right now, uh, really like being in charge of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're good at it, and they like doing it. And, and they like it that there's no flack at home for that. They just get mm-hmm. to. But then all of a sudden, they don't like it anymore. Hmm. So let's say they've made all the decisions for uh, one of the children at school. And then things crater at school, and it turns out that it wasn't a good decision. And then they say, where were you when I made that decision? And why don't you ever Mm -hmm. chime in? And why Mm -hmm. haven't you been part of this? Mm -hmm. You left it to me to handle, and I handled it, Mm -hmm. and now I guess I'm responsible. Mm -hmm. You hear all that? Mm -hmm. I've heard it a hundred times. Man. Yeah. A hundred times. And so you have to decide what you want to carry in terms of responsibility. Yes. Because when in the moment when there is the realization that the load is not equal, then you're burdened with and saddled with all this history. Yeah, Mm. that's... mm. And there's a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of history of one person deciding and the other one not weighing in. Mm -hmm. Joe served a church where they had a pass-by at funerals, you know what that is. I don't think so. um, during the funeral, with a when they had a funeral, not a memorial service, yeah. so there's a body. Yeah. Right. And in this church, the tradition was that the pastor would 
come down from the chancel area and stand at the head of the body. And the funeral folk would lead everybody by row to do a pass-by, pass the oh, body. Okay. And we served that church for nine years, and I was often, because of our longevity there, a reader or a part of the funerals. So I'm up here in the chancel area. Joe's at the head of the casket, and people are passing by, and I'm right there where people are passing by. And I had the most interesting thing watching people look angry and watching people look sad and watching people refuse to look. And watching people tense up and watching yeah. people cry. And like it was just expression mm. after expression after expression. And I thought, I did it so many times I began to think, okay, now what do I want Joe and the children to do when that's me? Yeah. Like how do, oh my. Interesting. Yeah. one time at one particular funeral, I knew enough to know that it had been a, a lovely from the outside but contentious on the inside marriage. And... I decided in that moment that I wasn't going to let Joe merge with me anymore. Where do you want to go to dinner? Wherever you want to go. Where would you like to go on summer vacation? Wherever you want to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think we should do about this? Well, what do you think? Oh, I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. Then I thought, what if he gets right here at this moment in time and he thinks, man, I'm glad she's dead. Now I can do whatever (laughs) I want to do. And I decided in that minute that Joe Stabile was going to start making some choices mm-hmm. about vacations and dinner and yep. what we were going to do and how we that's were going good. to do okay. it. Okay. I think that's a remarkable story. So yeah. we had a meeting. Do you, tell, do you tell that story? I, I don't feel think like I've so. heard that story, but maybe, that. maybe I, I've heard it on a different you may have, like, I, podcast. Yeah. yeah, I have never heard that one. Yeah, that's good. If I you haven't that. heard it, bless your sweetheart. You. Well, I've heard, <laughs> heard, I've heard the... Uh, Pass by. There's a chance. <laughs> I might have checked out. <laughs> Thinking about the next adventure over there. And yeah, exactly. And his <laughs> sadness. I'm not listening to that yeah. story. The first half of that, I was thinking about... Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know if we want to know what you were thinking. <laughs> what do you do when you're at a Catholic church and you can't, and you don't get communion? You like just right, a, you just have to fold your arms. That's when they came get to, a blessing. to usher them. Oh, yeah. I'm not going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be the person still sitting out there. There you go. Some people no, did choose I, that. I never never occurred to me they might be sevens. Yeah. Huh. That's very. That's a really good story because yeah, I mean I do good. that. Sure, you do. You know, just right. be, because I think I genuinely don't care, but deep down there might be this process of construction I'm building in my yeah. soul of, it, which is a nine's problem, not finding their identity because what you said so eloquently, I've. I'm in this continual process of not caring, quote unquote, but in reality, I'm actually just attaching myself in a very real way to Audrey's decisions. And then when the bigger decision comes, that's not dinner or where we go on vacation. Right. Right. He hasn't practiced all the little yeah, decisions. Tr- exactly. And I'm impatient. So then that becomes, yeah. I just need to wait. And, like for me, I just need to go, even well, if it's where we, we're going to dinner, even if we're already driving and on the way to the restaurant, we still I going like downtown. We, we still have a call we, to make a reservation. I just first of all, we've recognized like, this though, and we do do a decent job working. But there's definitely animosity between us in this process, decision making so process. Here's part of the deal: I, when he says I don't care, mm-hmm. I don't believe that, mm-hmm. or it doesn't matter to me. I think nines do have a preference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just not willing to risk the preference. You know, after I had the funeral experience, and I decided, by golly, you're going to say what you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, then that lasted about three months. And then I'd find myself, I'd say, so I say, we're, we're going out to dinner tonight. Do you want barbecue or seafood or Italian? Mm-hmm. 
well, Joe pretty much always wants barbecue. So he'll say barbecue and I'm in the funeral thing. So I'm saying, okay. And then after about three barbecue dinners, you started he leaving says that, barbecue. That one out. And no, I left it in, but he'd oh. say barbecue. And we'd start driving there and I'd think, I'd say this. I'd find myself saying, like, do you strongly want barbecue? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is totally us. Right? Because then I just, like, if it's a decision that I don't like that I actually did want to make, I would be dragging I convince him the That's decision really that we should make. Exactly. I'd yeah. be dragging us to sushi all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Hey, more raw fish? Let's do it. Yeah, I'd starve to death <clears throat> in that marriage. But <laughs> so I think this that we have to remember. I think it's really easy to take advantage yeah. of every mm-hmm. number, but I think it's easy to take advantage of that part of nines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have an overthought-out assumption. That, that is, <laughs> overthought-out assumption. I love assumption. this. Yeah, what what an intro. Of, about nines, because hearing, hearing you talk and hearing these hypotheticals play out, I would think, you know, a lot of this stuff we're talking about is about communication. I would think that nines could look back with a lot of resentment of looking back on things of I wanted to do this instead of that. I wanted, mm-hmm. especially on the bigger things, like mm-hmm. starting small with the dinners, but mm-hmm. then I wanted to live in Fort Worth instead of Dallas. Yep. I want, And then I think in relationships that could, then one day it cracks. the conversation yeah. is, mm-hmm. this is, this is no longer working. Yep. And, it hasn't been talked about. And I never really wanted this anyway. Yeah. I, I didn't want to yeah. do this. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave the show, or I did want to leave the show. Right. Which, yeah. Yeah. Which, hats off to Audrey, you know, for, uh, I mean, I think early on you definitely, like, for example, leaving the show. Like, she was very clear, this is your decision to make. And sure, I made it the day before, but I made it. But you And you also deciding to film our wedding. Like, and just, to film our wedding. And... Yeah, there's a, there's been a lot of decisions that you've given me. The power and I didn't know of. he was a nine then. But to, to Joel's <laughs> point, though, like, but. absolutely, like there's definitely a buildup that can happen. I don't know how you got, your husband feels about that, but mm. um, even now, like where there's decisions that we need to make, literally right now, and it, I mean, they're tough. <laughs> it's hard for me to wait for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. But he doesn't make bad decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can remind myself of mm-hmm. that, and you know, you know, you're the most stubborn number on the Enneagram mm-hmm. as a nine, the most stubborn. Mm. So when we push them, when we say the decision's yours, then they're good with that unless we start pushing. Mm-hmm. And if we push, then they start dragging their feet because they're stubborn. And when they're trying to make a decision and they let us in that they're making a decision, they're not asking for help. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of something we've heard and been told about the Enneagram, and that is uh, when an eight, an unstoppable un, um, object collides with an unmovable, an unmovable, unstoppable force collides with an unmovable object, yep. there's fire and ice, and that's the eight and the nine yep. in marriage. And, and then for, I think... I think something that's maybe helped Audrey and I, and we have a whole chapter on this in, in our book, chapter six, the principle of sharing. Mm-hmm. That's been a principle, not to lose our identity and singleness, but, but, you know, so outside of that caveat, I have to say that's been a principle that I think's really helped us in that collision on how to become one and not just 
our possessions, and how to understand but each our, other our decisions and, and really everything in, in marriage. Because in the first year, there was definitely that collision. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness, because it was coming. Because it was mm-hmm. coming. So if it comes in the first year, that's a gift. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Not to say there won't be other collisions, yeah, no, but no, no, I, no. at least we got through <laughs> a big one, you know. Yeah, but. but the principle sharing, you know, we really try to make sure we're, you know, shaking hands on it eye to eye, yep. saying, yeah. I will not hold resentment for this yeah. decision. We're both agreeing on this, you know, now let's yeah. move forward. Um, and that has required Audrey to slow down and me to speed up to come to that principle of sharing agreement. You know what I mean? Is that kind of what y'all do at your weekly check-ins? That's what I was about to ask about. Nice. I want to hear y'all talk because I've been, <clears throat> I learned about or this idea uh, probably about six months ago, maybe roughly. But uh, we have, me and my wife have a weekly check-in. Yeah. And when I was reading about y'all's uh, marriage. weekly marriage. Journal. The, the yeah. marriage. I wanted to ask you all about that. Yeah. 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 Man, we'd love to talk about that. So this is a, so the marriage journal is a, a resource we self-published, I don't know, four years ago now. And essentially it's a communication tool, but it's the marriage journal, connect, communicate, and grow in love. And the whole idea is like, it's a pushing back against the tide of busyness and the tyranny of the urgent. And it's resisting roommate syndrome. And it's, ba- and it's saying like once a week, we're going to sit down and go through six, talk about the week and go through six questions and connect. Right. And we try not to let a week go by where we're not like mm-hmm. husband and wife putting our marriage first priority. Cause a healthy marriage obviously is a spring for a lot of other healthy things in your life. And so, yeah, we just go through the, go through the calendar. So we get on the same page Wednesday night. Let's prioritize that. Let's actually talk about it. Cause not making a plan is making a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, what, what's going on. <laughs> um, and then we go through six questions. Most Husband and wives will tell you what their spouse did to irritate them, but very few will tell you what their, what brought their spouse joy that week. So we start with, what brought you joy this week? Such a simple, basic question. And what was hard for you? Then we go through the list. Is there any unconfessed, unresolved hurt or conflict that we need to um, resolve and seek forgiveness for? What is a dream, craving, or desire that's been on the forefront of your mind? So we go through They're the same six questions same six every questions. week. Sure. The journal's 52 weeks. We wanted it to be attainable, but useful. Like we didn't mm-hmm. want this like 60 day to a better marriage yeah. thing that nobody finishes. Like right, right. Every week, basic, bare bones, simple communication is, right. is probably one of the healthiest things we can all do for our marriages. And so we adopted that via our premarital counselors yeah. who've been doing it for 18 years. And it has been a foundational mm-hmm. anchor in the health of our eightness and nineness colliding mm-hmm. immovable object, unstoppable force. It's really been a uh, navigating map for us. It's been also just like, a conflict prevention tool and a conflict resolve tool because we'll talk about the thing before it happens. And you know, one of the questions, what's one thing I can do for you this week or what's something that was hard this week. We get a chance to talk about those things, but then also have a chance to reconcile them. And then also the little things that kind of come up that you don't really have a good time to talk about it. Like something bothered you, something set you off, but you're on your way to something or you're busy or the kids or whatever, and you don't have a good time to talk about it, we know we're going to get that time to talk That's about right. it. Outside of the emotional frustration, I, I just got we an have image. Like an even keel. I just got a visual. And it's like there's this huge bag of dynamite, you know, and the wick is 10 years long. We keep snipping the week, the wick. There you go. Every yeah. week we're snipping that wick, you know. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So Joe and I are both further referenced because I'm a two and he's a nine. Right. So yeah, we do 21 squares, which we've done our whole marriage. What's that? Well, it's morning, afternoon, evening, seven days a week. 
Okay. And we meet once a week and mark out two squares, one square for each of us as an individual. Oh, very interesting. Two for us as a couple. Then we used to add in all the things the children need. Mm -hmm. And then the church got what was left. Mm-hmm. Or Life in the Trinity Ministries got what was left. Mm-hmm. And so we needed a tool that's a little different than that. Because as a two on the Enneagram, I verbally process. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's no wait until Sunday evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking. till like, It's like, okay. let's just talk about it now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. then you don't talk about it till Sunday, Interesting. right? Interesting. But what we weren't good at was holding time for date night mm. or holding any time for self-care. Mm. So if we didn't build that in, we weren't going to have that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting mm. when you all start to get feedback from having mm. shared the journal with so many people mm. Yeah. in terms of it mm. will be different for different Enneagram numbers. First, that's, yeah. that's, but I think it'll be a gift for each one, and it'd be so fun to figure out what the question's do to each, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, yeah. we'll definitely yeah. send you. A That'd be cool. That'd be yeah. great. Thank you. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because that'll be it, that'll be really interesting to hear at a yeah. later point in time your opinion on, you know, not just improving it, but if there mm-hmm. needs to be different versions, you know, yeah. it's just that's a fascinating idea. Yeah, but I think it'd be really cool to see what different numbers do with, and you know, yeah. for numbers that think it's not. Uh, well, well, first of all, let's talk for a minute about the fact that everybody weighs in for a different reason. Yeah. Yeah. So for yeah, us to and going off of like this, how the how each people come with different motives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the marriage journal or even a weekly check in doesn't solve everything. But <clears throat> you know, in the book, we talk about this pro. When I broke down my walls, like or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still in the process. But sure. when we first addressed this idea that like I'm bringing emotional walls that are guarding my heart to this relationship, when we first started to dismantle the bricks, if you will, and carefully, strategically, as best we knew how, kind of like knock on the door of each other's heart, um, we had this big emotional conversation. And in the book, I relate it to like, you know, flossing your heart, cavity prevention. It's flossing your heart, if you will. It's this process of the continual upkeep and maintenance needed to prevent the rot and the decay Mm -hmm. and the weekly check-in very much. So for me is that subtle flossing of the heart. However, I like it because I know it's going to be over. That's right. I'm like, this isn't going to be some endless conversation. That's going to destroy me. Yeah. And it's going to end on question number six. You know, I know you don't go to sleep fighting. It's like, we're going to sleep because this is going to be 45 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Like tonight I want to work on these two bricks maybe. Absolutely. And sometimes it's 20 minutes because a got episode is on. (laughs) Sometimes it's two hours because we actually need to talk about something. But at the Uh end of the day, I know it's going to be done. I shut the book and Okay. <laughs> Free for another week. Free for another week. So with your the metaphor you're talking about, about the brick walls. Yeah. Is that, from an Enneagram perspective, is that the nines, both internal boundary and external boundary around that? Yeah. And then was that hard for you with eights being so passionate? I can, again, imagine hmm. you come with, with all this stuff with not necessarily, not unboundaried, but not mm-hmm. no brick walls up. Mm. But coming like like we've been talking the last few yeah. minutes about, you know, I I think everyone, enneagram aside, everyone has walls around their heart, right? right? Everyone has emotional, uh, you know, baggage and and um, 
you know, presuppositions about things and just the way that we've responded to at all circumstances in life. And so for us specifically in, in the book, we talked about those walls and the Enneagram was for us, again, Suzanne, I want you to pipe in, but for us, the Enneagram was the tool in which we dismantled them. But ultimately it's our hearts we're protecting. And so for us, the Enneagram was how do we get, how do we continue this process of collision as we become one and pursue ultimate, you know, unity. So my input is that with um, each one of the triads, there is a, a, an association with anger, fear, or shame. Yeah. So for twos, threes, and fours, it's shame. For five, sixes, and sevens, it's fear. And for eights, nines, and ones, it's anger. Mm-hmm. And I believe oh, yeah. that the walls are built in times of anger for you, in times of shame for me, in times of fear for Joel. It's like that's what's behind you putting up the walls, mm, and then yeah, yeah. you believe that the walls are going to protect you from mm-hmm. what caused the shame, what you yeah. were angry about, or what you were afraid of. Yeah. And so you can yeah. only take down the, the walls one brick at a time mm-hmm. because you... It, it's excruciatingly vulnerable to yes. do it any other way. Yes. Yeah. But because you take them down one or two bricks at a time, you learn that you can tolerate that. Yeah. And that yeah. it's actually not protecting you from being hurt again or from shame. Right. Or, right? Yep. Right. Yep. That's good. Which, which again, we realized that these walls, it was actually restricting right. me to mm-hmm. actually love her, give her my heart. Cause I was, so wow. So let's just move that over to an Enneagram analogy that I use sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is, that when you're growing up, you have to have a personality. Mm-hmm. You you got to add layers mm-hmm. and you have to have one in order to take care of yourself in order to make your way in the world. But then there comes a point, and the sooner you learn the Enneagram in young adulthood, the sooner the point comes, mm-hmm. where those things that you needed to protect yourself, you don't need anymore. Yeah. Right? And so the, the, the trick, though, is in Enneagram wisdom, I, we've learned that you have to allow them to fall away, not make them go away. Interesting. How do you do that? Well, when you try to allow them to fall away, it doesn't make your personality bigger. But when you try to make them go away, you use your personality to get rid of them. So it makes them go away. So the way you do it is with non-judgmental self-observation, which is not easy. Like you got to learn to just kind of hover like an angel up here and look at yourself and think, oh, look, you're doing that again. Not you're a terrible human being because you're doing that again. Or why are you protecting yourself today because you're doing that again? Yeah. It's but like just, awareness. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. It is absolutely awareness. But to continue the analogy, so let's say your personality, your Enneagram number, is like a cast on a broken arm. You have to wear the cast mm-hmm. until there's healing. But once it's healed, if you don't take the cast off, it, yeah. then it becomes... Prevents... You, you can't use yeah. it. Yeah. It's, exactly. Yeah, that's So it's good. like there's a time and a purpose mm-hmm. for all of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And we all have a default, you know, like Joel just sets it aside and reframes it and doesn't deal with it. And I talk about it, journal about it, write about it, call a friend about it, <laughs> feed it, you know, dress yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Buy posters about it. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was hard. <laughs> and all true. Right? <laughs> And you just move fast enough that you just keep going. And your decision as a nine to be unaffected by life. 
Yeah. Actually, kind of, look at that. Did you see that little shoulder? Shrug? I got that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's exactly that's what good, I that's did. Right. That's it. Nothing that's on it. me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, I'm okay with that. Uh, here's what I got for you. When he's <laughs> shouldering and uh, blinking, it's a problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can send me a text. Yeah. Just got the shoulder. Just yeah. got the blank. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> it's just, people always ask Jeremy all the time, like, just especially with all this book stuff, you know, what was it like growing up on the TV show? And that must have been just, you know, and interesting since you were 12. You know what I mean? Unaffected. Like, just well, yeah, fine. No, it's just like, Whatever. well, what I usually no say, I always just say like, well, what was it like not growing up on TV? That'd be interesting. I want to hear that story. Yeah. Just put it on them so you don't have to talk about it. For but, but everybody I understand who doesn't it's know unique. what passive aggressive behavior is, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that example. Yeah, that would help a lot of people. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 I understand it's unique and we talk about it, but that's funny. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like uh, the things that other people think define you are not the things that define you. Yeah. Yeah. Or the it's things good. that you would want to define you. Right. It's yeah. like, I'm, I'm not just that. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Travis Reed came here to talk about, hmm, to do a good. work of the people thing with me. And I thought he was coming to film me about the Enneagram. And he wanted to know what I thought about other things. And hmm. it was like, this is fun. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that's how you feel about people yeah. wanting to a know breath something of fresh besides air. what, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Anytime like, that's the case, it's yeah. so refreshing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so good. And we were just talking with, um, who were we talking with last night? Wow, it's all starting oh, to blur. Jenny Allen. Yeah, Jenny Allen and, and um, Zach Allen. And we had this really good conversation about what's the thing you do and does it need to be like some people, like Emerson Egridge, for example, like he's chosen marriage as his thing. And he does a very, very good job at, and, and he's not from the outside, not tiring of it. Like that's his thing. And he's, he's just he's niche making waves you know. in that market. Whereas like, other people, ourselves included, it's like we, that actually sounds not fun. Like finding that Too one thing to, to then be known about. And so know, for us, it's yeah. been this interesting process of saying no, you know, to the show and doing other things like this book and really starting to yeah. blossom some energy in areas that, um, you know, we would want to talk about, yeah. not other people. And people always ask us like, you know, you guys are so young. What made you feel this calling to marriage? And we're like, well, that's a big scary word. I'm not necessarily saying we're called yeah. to marriage. Yeah. We have a huge heart for our generation, relationships and marriage, and you know, trying to re-inspire our generation to have love the last. But that's not the thing that we're gonna talk about forever. Yeah. It's not necessarily our... our calling. I don't know. You know, we might have lots of different callings and we might have lots of different things that we want to pursue and mm-hmm. do together. That seemed like the thing the past few years, that's the most right. pressing thing on our heart right, right. now. Yeah. But like you said, you might not want to do Enneagram forever. You know? Yeah. You well, might want to talk I, about well, other things. Well, I, I don't know. Also, well, or you just want to do that and something else. And totally. Something else. Because yeah. deep work, right? Like your deep work on the Enneagram has been, you know, absolutely foundational and phenomenal yeah. right. for many people, specifically this flare up we're seeing in culture right now. But uh, yeah. deep work won't get done if you keep transitioning <laughs> yeah, yeah. well or if you just keep telling people what they want to hear mm-hmm. yeah right mm-hmm. so i think we um we I, I think we have to give people the message that is ours at the time to give <laughs> and then let its success or failure be outside of us that's a really good quoting yeah <laughs> one of the 15 th- second rewind <laughs> <laughs> and in our line of work Mm-hmm. it's easy to get attached to, mm-hmm. well, how many listeners did we have for this? Exactly. And how many did we have for this? 
and how many books did Numbers. we sell and yeah. how did we write? That's mm-hmm. and then that determines what you're going to talk about, mm-hmm. not what's yours to do. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah, <clears throat> that's like a question that every human on the planet, just in the world we live in now, with social media especially, yeah. and yeah. every day you have to like retrain your brain to go there because. It is. It can be, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I mean, like as, uh, as an, this is kind of a tangent thought. So stop me if I ramble too long, but like we, I was a collegiate distance runner. And uh-huh. so, you know, number, it's very definitive. You have a time, you have a place. Right. There's no, it's not just like your effort on a team, it's individual sport, you know? And I, there was this quote that sort of like inspired my life mantra, which is always more kind of a different thing, but it was in the bathroom growing up. I forget who the person that said it, you may know, but it's when I stand before God at the end of my life, I hope that I'd not have a single bit of talent left. And I could say, I used everything you gave me and letting that for me, it was like, I had always tell myself as an athlete, that's what defines my success is did I give everything I had? And can I believe that there's always a little bit more than I could give right. the next time? You know what I mean? Not what place did I get? What time was it? What, how many books, how many downloads, you know, it's like, did I give everything I, I had? And so I feel like that's the question that kind of ties into that. Which means that you're not attached to the results. You're just attached to what you offered. Yeah. Here's my offering. Yeah. What you do with that is not my business. Yeah. Right. But But I just want to know that I gave my best effort. That's what's important to me. It makes her hard to keep up with. (laughs) (laughs) But but it gets me off my tush, like we said earlier. Yeah. So in Billy and Joey's relationship, this is a line you might like. In Billy and Joey's (laughs) relationship, Billy has come up with this line. Intensity equals intimacy. And yeah, wait, for, he's the for, for he's eight. the eight? He, he's the nine. He's talking about his And wife. he's, he's talking, talking about, about Joey. Absolutely. And he's saying Absolutely. intensity mm-hmm. equals intimacy. Oh, for and sure. then he kind of leans now, in a little it, bit and he says, and it can be intensity about anything as yes. long as it's intense. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now I want to say in conflict the volume of your voice does not equal the validity of your argument. <laughs> and that's, oh, that's good. <laughs> and that's yeah. something we've like you know, because she'll Even, she'll come out and get intense, and yeah. and I'm I'm cool as cucumber drinking my lemonade in yeah. my hammock on Sunday, <laughs> Saturday, Sabbathing, yeah. thinking like, honey, like slow down, yeah, let's process. But sometimes this. I just need him to match my intensity even if he doesn't care you know if we almost get hit by a car on the road or road like this car example is the perfect analogy i just want him to recognize that that was a dangerous situation and get a little bit riled up about it not just like yep we almost died you know just keep on driving totally fine the perfect example we got a motorcycle accident i'm riding on the back car hits us jared's driving the bike motorcycle accident i fly off dislocate my shoulder like thought i was gonna die for a second no 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 no. ambulance comes this whole thing Jeremy lifts up the motorcycle and realizes the bike is okay. Like the bike no, is I, fine. I it's make, rideable. She says this. Babe, bro. we can still. No, no, no. Babe, we can still go to breakfast. You want to go to breakfast? Let's just I keep riding. Sure, but the order is appropriate. I made sure she. The we, order is appropriate. Yeah. Okay. I checked you before the bike. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought we would continue going to breakfast because we're fine. We just tipped over. Unaffected. We, we were, yeah, Unaffected. We were going four miles an hour and I'm thinking like didn't emotionally what? rattle them at I all that we were hit by a car to talk no way. about this over my third cup of coffee like yeah. let's keep going that let's was go fun <laughs> yeah so you know we got these four kids they're all married and we got these nine grandkids and I'm a two on the Enneagram so if anything happens to any of the 19 of them I'm like yeah. I'm in there, right yeah so let's say one of them's got a struggle going and Joe and I have talked to him that morning and we're headed out to breakfast 
And on the way, I'm thinking about them and thinking about what I could do to be more loving and how I can be supportive and how I can be helpful. And I hope they're going to be okay. And I love mm-hmm. them so much and blah, blah. And I say to Joe, he's quiet, quiet, quiet. And I say, what are you thinking about? You know, I think that's a new building. On oh the my gosh. We just Does read the story in the crazy? back of the- oh. It makes me crazy. Yeah. The craziest things, yeah. you know, like, where is your mind? Right, right. Yeah. Some place that requires no response. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, unbelievably for me, and sadly, we're out of time. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, well, this is awesome. It's funny how that works. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, yeah. <laughs> right? What a great conversation. Thank y'all yeah. so, so Thank much you. for making time in your schedule and your day yes. for us and to be here with us. And um, I hope the rest of the promotion trip goes well. And Thank, Thank you. you. I know it'll be good to get home. And if you're ever our way, we'd love to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We would See love grab to that dinner. dinner. Yeah. Let's do yeah. that dinner. Yeah. 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 No, this has been an honor. Thank you yeah. for having and us. And this is like the most fun thing that we get yeah. to do. Talk so, about. So thanks for having great. us. Thank you so much. Yeah.